0: If you guys wouldn't mind turning your Bibles to the book of James, we're going to be in chapter one today as well as a couple other places. So I'm going to do my best to resist the temptation of the first of the year pasture moment where we talk about statistics of New Year's resolutions and all that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, you got 75% chance that it's going to fail within the first two months. Oh, my bad. I just did a stat. (laughs) You know where stats come from, right? In the air, you just, just grab them. But the point is... How many of y'all here have made some form of a New Year's resolution in your mind, even if you don't call it that? Now, how many of y'all are hipsters and you're like, oh, I'm going to make a resolution not to make a resolution? (laughs) Okay, come on. Come on. Now, how many of y'all are the people that are like, I'm going to get healthy? Ah. (laughs) Yeah, that's me, straight up. Now, I don't know about all y'all. I'm the type of person that commits for a six-month commitment. I'm like, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Two weeks, it's gone. And I've gained weight rather than lost weight. So my wife and I are gonna to try to do that keto deal. We were supposed to start on the first. It's, what is it, the sixth? So we're gonna start. I'll let you know how that goes two weeks from the day that we start. <laughs> I know, seriously, right? So we'll see how that goes. Uh, it's not helping so far. But, um, so today we're actually gonna talk a little bit about those choices that we make to start off our year the right way. Um, now, I've called my sermon, How Far Are You Willing to Go? Now, that, that question has um, specific... Uh, uh, it's very close to my heart. Now, the reason behind that is many times in my Christian walk with the Lord, I've asked God, why do I have to do this? <laughs> why do I have to go that next step? And the question has come up in my mind, how far are you willing to go for me? How far are we willing to go to please God? And in my ministry times, all throughout life, there's been times in college when I would ask my friends, okay, I see that you want to make a change. How far are you willing to go? What are you willing to do to make that change possible? Because how many times are we wanting to make a change or wanting to do something different, but when... What's required is stated. You're like, ah, now nah, I'm going to pass, right? That happens to me all the time. So this question pops up in my head, my heart, all the time of how far is one willing to go to please the God who created you? That's what we want going to talk about this morning. Um, so as time has gone on, this question keeps popping up in my ministry and all that kind of stuff. And as we're looking at it this morning, before we get like really deep into it, I want to take a minute and observe our text. As I mentioned, we're in James chapter one. We're gonna be looking at verses 22 to 25. But before we get there, I want to tell you why I picked James. Uh, I don't know if y'all know much about the book of James, but the book of James is a handbook, essentially, for how to live out through action, the life of a Christian, It's the steps we should take as the momentum that we build in our lives. It's those action points, the things that we do, not the things that we say or the things that we speak over people or the prayers that we pray. No, no, no. It's the the real gritty stuff, what you have to do to make sure this life of Christ is something that you live out and not just speak. So, read with me together as we're looking at James chapter 1, 22 to 25. But don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Now, I'm going to stop just for a second to look at that verse by itself. Don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. Now, this is the biggest problem that we have in our generation these days, is that people hear the things that the Word says, and the first thing they say is, well, you know, that's not something my God would do. I'm sorry, who's your God? You. Your God is you with that state of mind. To take the things that the Word says and say, that's not fitting my lifestyle. You are worshiping yourself. So as we continue, it says, you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Verse 23 says, for if you listen to the word and do not obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. Now, I'm just going to give you a picture of that. Because I'm a youth pastor, I do everything physically. So just just get ready. Oh, yeah, okay. Got the beard down. We're set. Wait. Wait okay, hold on. Uh, uh, Three hours later, you look dumb. Straight up. It's not a good thing to forget what you look like. That's a really sad state of affairs. That's what this analogy is pointing to. And it says in verse 25, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for what's it say in those last two words? Doing it. God will bless you for doing it. Not just hearing it, not just speaking it over someone and saying, yeah, that's what y'all should do. But me, ah, doing it. So the first thing I want to say today is our goal is to do, not just hear. Our goal as Christians is to show God's mercy and grace through our actions. We are not people that are lazy, or at least we shouldn't be, right? If we're going to be portraying who Christ is, which the the meaning of the word Christian is a little Christ, if we're portraying who God is, how can we leave behind the things he calls us to do? So, just some examples of the current situation of our, of our I mean, our country and all generations is that when you say things like, go and love your neighbor, that's what we've been talking about here at church for weeks, months, loving your neighbor. What if your neighbor's a jerk? Sorry, am I allowed to say that? We're in church, let's be honest. What if your neighbor's a jerk? <laughs> I don't want to love my neighbor. Man, in Riverside, in California, my wife and I, before we moved out here, we had some neighbors. Let's leave it at that. We tried to be kind. We'd bring some cookies over for Christmas. We'd be like, Merry Christmas. And he was like, is that all? <gasps> I'm taking my cookies back. But that's the difference of doing and not hearing, I mean, hearing and doing is trying to bring this stuff to pass. But the people of this world currently are gonna say, uh, I don't want to. It's really difficult. I don't wanna go about that life because it's not gonna be as easy as I want it to be, because my God wouldn't do that. So this morning, my goal is to identify the need for all of us to have what I call a fresh start. Conveniently, it's the beginning of the year. It is the sixth. Yeah, whatever. But a fresh start is what we're looking for today. Now, what do I mean by that? A fresh start in our walk with the Lord. We're going to take some time in a couple minutes to identify the things God wants us to do. Not to hear, not to see, but to do. So throughout the course of a year, things come up, right? Obviously. We start out great. We're seeking the Lord. We're doing that, you know, read the Bible in a year plan, whatever the case may be. And we're like, yeah. And then two days later, we're like, this is a lot of reading. And three days later, we're like, what was that plan again? But the point is that stuff comes up to take our attention away from God. Now, is it all bad? No, not by any means. Sometimes great things can take God's place. As an example, school starts. Is school bad? No, school is great. Parents, amen, right? When school starts, the whole world gets convoluted a little bit, especially with sports and all that other stuff that goes along with it. Parents, you be dropping your kids off at baseball, basketball, football, all the track and all that stuff, and you're like, wait, who am I again? Because there's so much other stuff going on. Work hits busy seasons, which is great. Maybe you get a promotion in your job, and that just adds more stress pulls you away from time that you spent with God before. Babies are born, which all the parents be like, yeah, I don't see the light of day. And the grandparents are like, that's the greatest thing ever. (laughs) Right? It's all good stuff, but it can take us from the most important things. And then the bad things also happen at the same time. Parents die. We get... We contract or get diagnosed with diseases that just aren't fair. We lose jobs, there's car accidents, the bottom falls out, and that's the stuff that truly separates our view as to what's really important in our lives. The times when we give those moments to the Lord, we can draw so much closer to Him, yet oftentimes it pulls us farther away. The difference of hearing and doing. We get sidetracked. We may go to church, listen to sermons, podcasts, whatever the case may be, feel encouraged. You may hear us from the pulpit say things like, God will give you grace and give you victory. Yes, that is awesome. But are we doing our side? Are we putting in the effort that we've been called to put in? Or are we just hearing these things, getting amped up, and leaving, and leaving it all in the seat that we were sitting in? I say we because this is me all the time. Today, God is calling us to something greater. God is calling us to something more powerful, a relationship with him that will change the outcome of your life forever. I'm not talking about going to heaven or not. If you claim Christ, you're going to heaven. Praise God for that. I'm talking about your relationship with the God who you're going to spend eternity with. Now, this analogy that I mentioned before, the mirror analogy, goes a little deeper than what I said. Obviously, there's the stupidity side of it. You don't want to look dumb. But on the other end, When you come to church, God reveals things about you. In a sense, you're looking at that mirror and you're seeing blemishes that you got to take care of, right? I mean, y'all know what I'm saying. This thing don't look pretty on its own. I got to do some work. (laughs) Just ask my wife. She sees me in the morning, my beard's like, (laughs) it's just, yeah, anyway, moving on. (laughs) So what kind of a goofball would I be if I see my beard sticking out in a 90 degree angle and I'm like, okay, cool. Those things got to be fixed, So if we come to church and God gives us a vision of the things he wants to be changed and we leave it here, we're choosing actively to say no to the work God wants to do in our lives. We're purposely forgetting what we look like. Actively choosing to be dumb. I know dumb's a harsh word, but that's what it comes down to is we're choosing that. Now, the book of Romans gives us a really clear picture as to how God responds to the difference between hearing and doing. If you have your Bibles, you can flip to Romans chapter 2. It's going to be on the screen, though. We're going to read verses 6 to 11. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. I'm going to read that first verse one more time and just emphasize something specific. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. Verse 7, he will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. But he will pour out his anger on wrath on those who live for themselves. Who refuse to obey the truth and instead lead lives of wickedness? Now, let me emphasize something. That doesn't say who accidentally mess up. Doesn't say that. Doesn't say to those that are seeking after God and fail occasionally. It's not saying that. What it says is those who refuse to live the lives of righteousness. They seek wickedness. That's what they want. Now, in all of us lies that desire to seek sin in all of us. It's only by God's grace can we get beyond that. It goes on in verse 9, There will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. But there will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good, for the Jew first and also the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. God is good and God is just. He will not distinguish between people groups. All of us have the same expectations, except that followers of Christ have been given freedom through grace. All we have to do is take it. Now, as I mentioned before, this does not talk about the people that are seeking God yet failing. In uh, Lamentations 3 22 to 23, it says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. That's the truth we hold on to. Because we're sinners, we're failures. I am especially, oh my gosh, but you know what? I got freedom to look forward to the next morning that God has given me perfection through his righteousness. Because of his blood, I have perfection in him. Just like all of us here do who have claimed the name of Christ. God has given endless reasons for us to live our lives for him. Salvation from sin and death. Consistent forgiveness from the failures that we give into every single day. This is the reason that we have to live our lives according to God. He's given us so much. Why would we not want to do what he requires, what he's asked? Yet we continue to fight that still small voice within us. As I mentioned before, we're going to look at that, that thing that we know needs to change. And I promise you, when I said something needs to change, something popped up in your head. I promise you, whether you embraced it or fought it, that's that's between you and God. I know a couple things pop up in my head. We continue to fight that voice. So today, I want to offer the same challenge that I've given my leadership in the past, myself on a daily basis, and anybody I come in contact with that has a sin problem, which is all of us. How far are you willing to go? What are you willing to put to death that Christ may be alive within you? So with that being said, I'm going to ask the worship band to come and join us. may take them a minute. I don't know where they are, but that's okay. So I want to do a small exercise this morning. Now, I'm going to request that all of us be willing to be slightly transparent. I'm going to quote Barry again. As church, can we be honest? Such a good quote. I'm going to to tweet that later for real. (laughs) We're going to have a moment of introspection with reality, with our God. A moment where we give him the opportunity to speak to us. Because I don't know if many of you realize this. God is always apt and willing and ready to tell you what he wants. Whether we listen and give him the opportunity or something else. So this morning, I'm going to ask that in a minute, we all get into a posture of prayer. Now, to each one of us, that may look like something different. For those of us raised in a Baptist culture, it looks like this. Just kidding. I don't know. (laughs) But for some, it may be standing. For some, it may be sitting. For some, it may be laying prostrate on the floor, face down, hands up. That's totally cool. For some, it may be kneeling. But the point of this is not to, to make a show, but rather to show God, our heart. So that's where the transparency comes in. As I ask that you would be willing to show others and God how you feel in your heart. So I ask that everyone would stand. Now, what we're going to ask God for in this time is that he would reveal that next step. We already had a time of communion where we got to remember how great God is and that we don't need to carry some burdens. And then we had an awesome time of remembering God's grace and releasing those burdens. Now we're step three. Where we ask God what we can do for our part. What's the next step? So as we go into this posture of prayer, my request is that you ask God truthfully and honestly, what's that next step for you? And I've asked the band to come up here again to uh, help us along in this moment. I know for me, um, I'm kind of a musical person. So for me, worship music helps. Helps me to focus my thoughts. Oftentimes on a Wednesday night, In the afternoon, you'll find me in my office singing this song. Only for the reason of what it's called, which is Be Thou My Vision. Now, as we sing this song, we identify the the need for change, the need for a fresh start in our lives and what it is that we need to do. I ask that you would just be willing to sing, willing to express your heart through this worship music. Now, for some of us, this is going to be easier. It's very apparent the things that need to change, and even those things that need to change might be somewhat simple. Something like, you need to read more. You need to spend more time in prayer. None of that is simple, mind you. However, on the other end, there's going to be some that are more difficult. Somebody in this, may, in this room may need to give up alcohol or drugs because it's taken a hold. Some in this room may need to be honest with their spouse about the way that they've been feeling in their marriage. And others may need to be honest about an extramarital relationship and they need to get out of it. I don't know what the depth or the weight or the breadth of this thing is, but I ask you again, how far are you willing to go? So we're going to give a couple of minutes to the worship team to sing this song. I'm going to ask that our prayer team would come to the front because we at Crossroads are a family and we believe that these things that are heavy, that are hard need to be labored in as a family. We want to help you with this stuff. So if you feel the need to pray with somebody, please come to the front. Don't be scared to show people that you have problems because P.S. we all do. Let's worship the Lord.